And hello, everybody. Welcome to the Transformation Gold Podcast. I'm your hostess, Nicole DeVincentis, a.k.a. FigureChick911. Thought that we could do some training today. Training that is going to involve your mental strength, your ability to remain focused and in the moment, and at the same time, give you a very strong and powerful tactic on how to start constructing your day from the moment you wake up until you actually go to sleep. So how you actually run your 24. Now, if you're having a hard time hearing me, I'm recording this on purpose while I'm working from home office. And today we have the the lawn guys are outside and they're doing leaf removal. So we live in a very wooded area and all the right now it's fall and all the trees have dropped a lot of leaves and they're here doing removal of mountains, mountains of leaves. And I'm working from home today and the the guys have been out there for probably about four hours and here's what I'm going to tell you. If it's disturbing to you, <laughs> first of all, imagine <laughs> what it's like on this end, but no, in all seriousness, what you're going to start to have to practice is the ability to drown out noise that does not need your attention. Okay, so first let's 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 talk about having mental focus regardless of external situations. So wherever you are right now, I'm using a microphone so that you'll be able to hear me, but as we get talking, I want you to intentionally focus on my voice and being present in this conversation as though I'm sitting right in front of you, okay? And do what you need to do on your end. Make sure that you handle yourself. You want to be sitting up tall. Honestly, pretend like I'm sitting there with you right across the table from you, okay? So you want to make sure that you're sitting up nice and tall. Practice good posture while you're at this. This It's going to help you. It's going to help you remain focused and present with the individual with whom you're communicating. This will help you if you're on a sales call. This is going to help you if you're handling negotiations in person. If you're connecting with somebody on your team, you're, you're you're training people. This is going to help you with your interpersonal relationships with your family, Okay, and you're going to practice on increasing your attention level and increasing your level of focus regardless of external disturbance. Okay, so that's going to be your that's your mission for today. Okay, so pretend I'm sitting there in front of you. And as we go along, you're going to be hearing that noise and probably feeling that vibration in your ears on and off and on and off as they go about their day. And here's what I'm going to tell you. Once you have made the determination, everything that you're going to learn about me pretty much leads with safety. And as long as we're in a safe environment, there's no need for us to spend a high amount of energy paying attention to the noise in the background. Okay, so we're going to handle the champion mindset coaching and then we're going to flip the script and we're going to talk about how to remain in your full power as you run your 24 as it pertains to noise pollution. Okay, so this is like a split podcast here. So the champion mindset call is once you're, you're confident that whatever the noise, the distraction in the background does not require your immediate attention because it's not an emergency. Your job when you are on a call, your job when you're with a person, if you are even emailing somebody or texting somebody is to be present with that person in the moment because 
I'm sure you've been on the other end of a conversation where you know the person wasn't even listening to you. You're talking, maybe you're spilling your guts, something was pretty distressing to you and the person wasn't even listening and you knew it. They had like a five second delay in responding to you or they give you the, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And there's nothing worse, right? If, you, if you're in a, in a quote unquote conversation with somebody and they don't give you the courtesy of the respect of their attention, that's going to cause major cracks in any relationship, personal or professional, straight off the bat. So being present in your conversation, regardless of distraction, has got to become part of your training. Now, I point out the fact and I recognize the fact that in today's world, there is numbers of distraction. Whether you live in a place where there's lawnmowers, whether you live in a city area where you've got construction, you've got crews outside who are washing windows or, or you know, working on sidewalks or even traffic. If you live, I lived in New York for a while, like it's busy and it's loud down there and you've got, you know, music in the street sometimes and there's always a heavy amount of noise pollution. And yet how do the people in New York manage to carry about their day and be one of the most productive cities probably in the world is they, your, your focus increases in light of all of the extraneous noise. Same thing if you were to live near Chicago, where if you lived near what we call the L, the L is super, super loud. And if you ever talk to anybody from Chicago, when the L comes by, conversations pause. And as soon as, <laughs> as, soon as the L drives by, the conversation re is, uh, it restores. And that can be how you are any place, whether you're out and about, you hear sirens, you're out and about, you hear televisions, you, you hear other people, whatever. Your job, your focus as a team member, more specifically as a team leader, whether this is your family or your organization or sports team or whatever, everybody pays attention to what you do. And if you're not an active listener, your people won't be active listeners either. Eventually, the whole entire organization, and this can be family too, so both personal and professional, the, the, the whole entire organization takes on the personality and the habits of the leader. So the places where you allow for exception, whether this is in your listening skills you don't have very high active listening skills. You feel the need to control and dominate a conversation. Do you see what I'm using these words on purpose to step you through and point out those places where there's relationship cracks. A lot of being a leader I truly believe is traveling through the places where you're going to be taking your people and already solving most of the problems before you even bring them that way. You know, prevention, whatever work you can do up front is going to be half the battle for you. But then you also have to remember there's the human factor and sometimes your people are going to act in unexpected ways because they are born with a free will. But you have to always be anticipating that and you cannot afford to allow your attention to travel off course, you still need to be present with your people in the moment 
command your emotionality and regain your posture in front of the groups of individuals of whom you lead. So obviously, I know if you're on this podcast, you are a good-hearted individual and you honestly are seeking self-improvement and change. And I feel a lot of times on this podcast, I, I hope that we end it on a positive note where you feel encouraged, but more times when we're doing corrective work, it requires an, an, a high element of exposure of the places where you're misstepping. And I'm telling you, when you take this teaching or anybody else's teaching, and then it's your turn to deliver it to the people, you're going to learn really quick. Sometimes it's difficult to have hard conversations or allow other people to see their vulnerabilities or their weaknesses or the places where they're just downright screwing up <laughs> because nobody ever wants to have their vulnerabilities or their weaknesses exposed. No, none of us like that. I assure you, every one of us who work in a, a personal development space have gone through the same coaching that we take you through. We just put our different spin, our, our, our different you know personality of how we deliver the material on it. But I truly believe what empowers great communicators, great connectors, and also great leaders has to do with your ultimate communication ability and your willingness to call attention to the elephant in the room. I do. Because when you're a good leader, you want to do what is right. And what is right is not always easy. And calling people out on their junk is not always easy. Right? We're in agreement. Are you paying attention? You're trying to figure out where the hell the lawnmowers went. <laughs> I told you they were going to leave. Okay, focus. Okay, caught you. <laughs> All right, are you back? Okay, now let's move on. When it comes to active listening, okay, and I'm, I'm testing you here with different paces of my speech. I'm testing you with different volumes of my speech. I'm testing you in all different ways to increase that active listening muscle of yours. Because let's face it, most people have the attention span of a flea, probably even less than. So how are you supposed to keep attention, keep your people's attention, if they have the habit of not paying attention? If they have the habit of not making eye contact with you? If they have the habit of sitting next to you and responding via text message instead of verbal? Right? We've got people on all different ends of the spectrum today and they're coming into either the workforce, they're into work, you know, they're into sports teams, they're into different places, even in families where communication is severely, severely crippled. And I feel like a lot of times like our work is to get people, get people on the right page. <laughs> if we're going to be a functioning unit, you know what the culture of your team is, what your organization is. And again, everything that we speak of also applies to the personal home front as well. So when I'm bouncing back and forth between the two, you use the example as it applies to your unique situation. Okay. As the leader, you have to know what is the mission of your team, of your organization, of your family and household. 
What's the culture? What's our values? And that every person in that group is going to have a different personality. You have to be able to learn how to understand how they communicate or how they don't communicate. You gotta, I mean, you, that's your job is to reach and be able to touch and then grow them into becoming, uh, you know, a, a better, I think everybody uses this sentence, but it's true, like a better version of themselves to be able to communicate because there's a lot of people who are not able to have a conversation today. They're, they're very socially inept. And so our job is to groom these people, okay, and groom them up the ranks. And the, and the higher up the ranks you go, the more challenging communication comes because you usually have higher levels of responsibility. The pace is a lot faster, right? So we know that not everybody is going to stick maybe in initial places where they go or they're not going to be accepted or are hired on or recruited into the places where they, they want to go. They need to have fundamental skills first. But what I'm here to tell you is that everything rises and falls on leadership, you're paying attention now, right? You see how easy it is to wane when you allow yourself. So let's go back and let's revisit our exercise here. So the purpose of the, the first part of this podcast here, this is training, man. Welcome to Figure Chick 911's <laughs> training ground is to, again, make sure that you are remaining present and you need to do what you need to do in order to stay alert, actively listening, and when I say actively listening, I don't just mean you hear the volume of the voice. What I mean is you're listening to understand. You're not listening to respond. Completely different thing. Okay. And you need to handle your physical self. If you have a meeting, you have the responsibility of showing up to the meeting ready to go. So that actually means you get there early. You're fed so you're not hypoglycemic when you're walking in slowing your speech and you have a bit of the like the hangries and now you're acting crazy because you need breakfast <laughs> you know you're you're put together and you're ready to go okay and then as the thing goes on if you're sitting in a class how many is anybody on the podcast former military were you ever allowed to fall asleep and you're laughing you're probably standing up already anybody who's former military what they're told to do is that if they're, they're getting tired, because let's face it, not everybody is an ass-in-the-chair type of a learner. I get it. What do they do? They stand up. They go to the back of the room and they stand up. They manage what they need to manage with their physiology to remain respectful to the person who is leading the class, leading the meeting, the person who's at the front of the room. I'm giving that, that tool to you. Because you're going to inevitably find yourself in a spot where you have people who are falling asleep if you're teaching a class. I know some of you are like a gas, like, does that really happen? It totally happens. <laughs> okay. And you want to be sure, like, let's say you're sending your people out for additional training. If you're sending your people out there representing your organization, you want to be sure that the culture and the values of your organization is still impressed out in the public because they are representing your personal and professional brand. When you're in leadership, it's not about you per se. It's how are you helping the other people? But depending on in what capacity you're leading these individuals, if you're a business owner, especially if you're a business owner, or if you're the head of a household, 
your people represent your organization, your brand, and or your last name. So how do you want them representing that? That's where, that's where the motivation on this podcast is actually coming from. But you have to also set up expectations for your people on how they're supposed to manage themselves when they go out into that public space. Because if they walk out there and they're a total, you know, schlepping around, their clothes are, gosh, totally wrinkled and stained and they don't even fit. <laughs> it's like been a week since they washed their hair. It's actually, I know there's a lot of people who accept that, that kind of frumpy look, but when you're building a brand, and this podcast here, we talk about professional development. That's not just your skill set or your knowledge set. It's, it's you. You, as you're coming up, you're building your personal and professional brand. You're your own walking billboard for it. You've got to be the one to decide, what is this that we're creating here? What is the image? that we want to project and also maintain via our value system. Because when we're out in the public, if you're a business owner, you're always doing business. You're always on, whether it's you, whether it's your people. It's rough, right? Because you're not always allowed to have downtime because you're always more or less, you know, you look, you're, well, we're opportunity seekers. Let's face it. Who can we collaborate with? Who can we form partnerships with? Is there anybody here we can do business with? Right? I mean, you're, oh, that's how your mind works. And when you're setting up your group, you have, to, you have to set the expectation for that. So it's what they look like on the outside, but it's also how they command themselves in different spaces too. And it comes back to their ability, your ability, to be present in a conversation and remain in full attention. So that you can hear the tells, you can hear the words behind the words, the non-spoken words rather. So that if you are moving to close a deal, you're doing partnerships or whatever, you're not missing anything. And you're able to assist people on making the next decision for their present situation. Right? And it comes back to attention. So there I already gave you a tool on how to keep your physiology together so that you can get the best part of the meeting out, but also on how to groom your individuals and how to what the expectations are in maintaining personal professional brand. How's that? But it requires a lot out of you in order to be able to be focused regardless of external noise. But you're going to be able to get used to it over time. And so it's going to be a new training ground for you. It's a new habit for you to train that not every time something shiny goes up, you have to look at it once you're assured that you are safe. Okay, so for my people who were all about saying safety, like I I respect you, I get it. (laughs) But what I'm saying is you don't need to constantly be turning your head or looking at your phone or your your new habit of creation is to be present with the individual who is in front of you, who's on the other side of your phone, on the other side of your email. And it sounds so basic and so simple. So here's going to be your challenge, okay? Triage your position. And what I mean by that with this with this podcast is when you're in communication with somebody, 
again, this could be phone call, this could be in person, this could be you're emailing them, you know, however, you're writing a letter to them. How many other things are you doing at the same time? Are you scrolling through social at the same time? Are you texting multiple people at the same time? Are you emailing and doing your laundry at the same time? (laughs) And we're laughing because it's so simple to multitask because we have our phones in our hand all the time now. But can you see when I put those examples out there where the possible breakdowns in communication can happen? And ultimately, how that's going to be impacting relationships on the personal and professional front. Like a lot of conflict can come up either because you mistyped or even misunderstood because you're not present in the conversation. You're doing other things. And so when it comes to doing quality work and really getting in there with your groups and and really leading You need to show up as a different person, a different person who's in command of their emotionality, but also the individual who demonstrates the fact that we were given two ears and one mouth for one reason. You're demonstrating what we call active listening. So as you go about your day, And if you need to write this down on a piece of paper and make little check marks on how many times you catch yourself, I'm going to have you police yourself. How many times did you either double up on your communications, you were texting two people at one time, you're on the phone, you're scrolling through social, like how many times, maybe it's better, did you switch away from the conversation? How about that? Whatever's easier for you to keep track of. And you're going to start to become more aware of your habits. Now, believe me, I have full respect to the fact that speed is of the essence nowadays. I understand the need to do a lot of different things. What I'm talking about is not the brief tasks. I'm talking about when you're honestly in a a conversation with an individual. Practicing that, that active listening And being with them in the moment and not allowing your attention or your focus to divert away from that person, whether because of background noise, extraneous noise, or because your attention span has been conditioned to be so short because of how many other things you have been doing for however long you've been doing them. Does that make sense? So this is a different sort of a training ground. Now, what's precipitating this? Obviously, like the lawnmowers being there today, I get my ideas from experiences in life. But also, there's seasons when you get super, super busy, right? I mean, think about it. If, If it's the latter part of fall, we have Halloween, Thanksgiving, and then Christmas. And once you hit mid october The speed of life, can we all agree? Like it goes so freaking fast and all of a sudden it's like Halloween and as soon as it's right after Halloween, it's like Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, blah! (laughs) And you're like, you get spit out the other end and you're almost like, I barely made it and now I'm going to be starting my New Year's resolution, okay? 
but you're exhausted and you usually have put on some weight, your workouts have gone to the wayside, your nutrition has obviously gone way off course, maybe you've started drinking more, you know your path. You've eaten a lot of sodium in your foods and I'm using the health version, the health example, because that's where most people have major complaints. We could also use, we could use finances during that time too. How much money is actually spent? The Christmas season is the most expensive time in the United States and the next most expensive is the school year. So once you move past school supplies in, I think for most people, August, then you're hit again. Once you get after (laughs) Halloween, all of a sudden it's like money, money, money's coming out. Right, And then you end up in January and you're exhausted in that capacity. So that's one time of year when it gets super, super busy. But maybe for you and your family or your business, maybe you have a different season, a peak season. Maybe you operate in the fitness world, the health and fitness world, where the the last part of the year is super, super slow. Your peak season starts January 1. People's New Year's resolutions and then they kind of dwindle and then come spring break and so then you're busier again. So like the first maybe four months of the year, but solidly the first three months of the year is typically when you see increases in gym memberships, fitness programs, people visit the health and nutrition and supplement stores, etc, etc, etc. Maybe that's your season. So whatever the busy season is, what I want you to realize is that it's very simple for you to get caught up in just surviving during those times. Did I get ya? I'll be happy. I just want to just make it through. Like you have a goal. I just want to make it to the end of the year. Or I just want to make it through these next two weeks. Or I just want to make it through these next eight weeks. When you find yourself saying that, guess what, my friend? You're in survival mode and you will never be able to get ahead If your goal is merely just to survive that period of time, I'm going to take you to the next level and it's going to seem very exhausting at first, but what I promise you is that the next level, your goal attainment of it and your ability to conquer it and freaking dominate it, okay, is nothing more than practice and training just like it would be if you were working out. When you first start working out or if you're doing a new workout, a new exercise, you're very, you're quickly humbled. You're like, whoa, I'm totally out of shape over here. I'm weak. I'm not flexible. I'm not mobile. And then you keep on at it. You keep on at it. You keep on at it. And as the days go by, at least your body starts feeling a little bit better. Maybe you're sore from the intensity of the workout, but it does, it gets easier after you after you stay at it and the same thing will happen to you when you make the decision that I'm not going to be comfortable with merely surviving this thing and this could be your commute maybe you've got a, a commute and you're you're taking a car and then you're on a train and then you're on a bus or you're walking in order to get to your job and by the time everything is said and done it's three or four hours of your day spent in commute and you're like, oh my God, if I could just freaking survive this thing. Or 
you know, you're, you're in transit, you're moving maybe. And you're like, Oh my God, if I can just get through this move and you want to have a goal, you want to be operating on a timeline. But what I'm saying, the fault is in just merely surviving it. Your job as the leader, if you're leading people is not just to survive. Your job is to teach people how to conquer the challenge. And that includes mentally, mental space. I'm here. And when I say domination, I I think I repeat this all the time, dominate, it gets a very bad rap, but dominate merely means to win by a landslide. It doesn't mean misuse of power. That's not how I, that's not how I refer to it. I honestly mean winning by a landslide. You came, you saw, you kicked some butt. And that includes how you choose to view yourself, your situation, and and where you want to be in your mental mindset. Am I here just to get through these this specific time, this specific event, or am I coming in from a bird's eye view and I'm here to come out on what would be for me the top? Okay, and everything is always done from a place of peace and power. It's not done from a a standpoint of fear or pride or ego. And when you can make that mental shift and show up, then what is truly your best self? You tap into that element of peace and power in your heart. You show up as a completely different person and whatever background noise there is, it doesn't phase you. Whatever amount of of chaos in the background doesn't phase you. If you typically get drained by being around a lot of people, like it doesn't phase you because you are like locked and loaded in your power. And it's almost like wearing an energy shield, like nobody's able to get in there and, and steal any of your energy or siphon it out or drain it out because you've made the decision on how you're going to show up and command yourself in a particular position or in a particular environment, regardless of whatever happens. Even if you go in there and you get your butt kicked, you're still showing up. How am I, how am I going to thrive in this particular place? If that's your training ground for a period of time. Now, I'm not saying just walk willy nilly. I mean, don't don't take this podcast. If I can just get this out there, don't take the podcast and try to force it into exception. Okay, what I'm doing is I'm grooming you grooming you into a higher level. It's up to you to make the distinction and have that level of discernment on what environment you should be in or should not be in. Okay, I'm not dealing with wartime. I'm not dealing with, you know, shooting gunfire right now. If you're in, that's why I was talking about safety in the beginning. If you're in an unsafe environment, you need something, you need to handle that. Okay, safety always comes first, safety over convenience. But what I'm saying is as you gather then that level of discernment, this is where we're putting our organization. These are the people that we want to do business with. These are the kids that I want my children playing with or not. Like you make those clear lines in the sand. Now you decide that even when you're in an environment that may not be optimal, maybe it's the holidays and you're going to be around your family and the family doesn't ever really get along, blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm talking about. Those sorts of places or you're going for a job interview or you're going into sales negotiations and under inside you're like, I'm really kind of nervous. 
Okay. (laughs) Like everybody has been there and you have no control over what the other people are going to do. You only have control over how you command yourself, whether we're talking about your being present as an active listener. And when you listen from that degree, the next thing is learning how to ask great questions before just like vomiting all over people. You're going to take yourself to the next level. That by learning how to ask questions and then learning how to ask better questions, you're going to save yourself a lot of time and energy and a lot of useless frustration because it's going to put you in the position of power then to be able to communicate and connect with the person on the other end of the phone, the end of the table or whatever. And it's going to facilitate communication and relationship and you're going to start to build rapport and be able to move that thing along much faster. You definitely see that in a sales cycle, right? That's what you want to do. It's about rapport. It's about connection. You want to make the sales process super, super, super easy, but you're not going to make a sale by vomiting all over the people. You make sales by asking questions and learning what it is that they want Right, and you find your point of connection with them, and then you help them to make a decision. Unless it's a laydown sale, of course, then it's pretty simple, <laughs> right? And that's exactly how it is. It's all about active listening. How you choose to show up, even when people brush you off, even when people seem to give you the cold shoulder, even when the people come up in your face and basically, you know, you know, give you the bird. And FYI, I told you I was going to try to clean up my language on these podcasts, and I'm, I think I've only sworn once so far. So on this end, I'm working very hard to maintain my language so that <laughs> I can be in integrity. Oh my gosh, life is crazy, isn't it? But that's what it's all about, okay? It's, it's deciding on the person that you want to be, even in a listening space, even when there's background noise, even when the people are not all warm and fuzzy with you. It's how you choose to communicate. And then, then you know the difference between when can I have flowery language? When do I have to be, I'm drawing the line in the sand. That's when you add on like those high level high-level communication skills, but what's going to help you markedly with your own personal team, if you're out in the public with your family or whomever, is having that ability to actively listen and be present with people in the moment. I think a lot of what happens with breakdowns of relationships, it, it just comes down to a miscommunication where there's assumptions being made or more times than not, the other person just doesn't feel heard because the person on the other side, and they're maybe not even bad people. They, they don't know how to be great listeners. They're listening to respond, to fix a situation. And it happens. It's, this is not slanted at men. It happens on both ends. I've caught myself doing it many times. And you have to learn how to recognize that and sometimes even ask the question, 
what role do you want me to play in this conversation right now? Because it seems like there's a problem here and I have a solution in my head, but I'm not sure that that's really what you want. So what is it exactly that you want from me? And when you give the person that permission to tell you what do they want, I just want you to listen. Oh, okay. Whew, okay. <laughs> Now it's a whole new game, right? You like you let the hot air out of the conversation and now you have an easier time as a listener. You actually find it much easier to actually listen and be with them because now you don't have the responsibility of coming up with a solution. And the person on the other end doesn't feel like they're under the microscope or they're getting ready to defend off a plan or a, a plan of attack essentially and they didn't, they didn't feel heard. And a lot of this goes unsaid. I like to bring things out into the light, the places where I've seen just tremendous breakdowns in communication, which have majorly impacted to the negative. Both things on the uh, both both realms, the personal and professional sphere. So that you have that information, you decide what it is that you want to do with it. You decide how you want to channel that. You decide if the training is going to be, you know, it stops with you. It's something that goes on to your staff or to your family or whomever. Everything that we do in terms of providing you with tactics and strategies and even annoying things like teaching you how to pay attention when there's a heavy amount of noise pollution in the back, there's a high degree of intentionality that goes behind it but it's like anything else. We can't force you to do it any more than you can force your people to use it. Those are merely instruments, and it's whether or not you choose to pick up those instruments and learn how to use them, right? So that's what we're here for, okay? So that's the champion mindset on how to be an active listener and how to be present and be in a position of peace and power to command yourself through both ends of a conversation, through both ends of some sort of sales transaction or whatever you want to call it. Does that make sense? So if we can kind of build on, let's take a, a kind of a little, a little bit of a back step here and build on that issue of being in survival mode. And when you enter a busy season, typically what happens. So I told you this podcast was going to be split down the middle. We're going to talk about active listening and how to be present amidst noise. And we had a training exercise in the beginning. And then the back half of the podcast, we're going to be talking about things like establishing a morning routine and being aware of Essentially, this has a lot of scientific, like physiologic background to it, but how to bump yourself out of that survival mode and, and recognize that when you're caught up in a world of stress or a world of busyness, how it impacts your ability to make strong moves forward. Okay, so let's build on now you're in what we call survival mode and survival mode can be you are literally in survival mode. You're in massive, massive financial duress. So your basic needs are in question right now. Your food, your shelter, your water, your clothing. Okay, that is literal survival mode. And that comes with a boatload of stress. Anybody who's walked through that can completely agree, myself included. And that can take you on a crazy train. 
And it is something I don't think any of us ever want to relive. You learn a lot of lessons. You learn how tough you are. You come out the other end. But you put up structures on how not to default back to that. Or if something happens, you know how to rebuild quickly out of it. But hopefully you have strategy so that you don't end up in those pits again, right? So that's literal survival mode. Then we have something which is actually like more figurative survival mode. That is, I just need to get from the second I opened up my eyes until when I crash into bed at nighttime, i.e. parenthood, right? If you like run, the kids come in your bed two o'clock in the morning. Now they're sleeping in your bed. You put them back in their bed. They're back in your bed at four and now they want to have breakfast and then you're basically up. And you're running and you're running back and forth to practices and you're picking this one up from school and then you have PTA meetings and blah, 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 blah. And then you crash into bed at the end of the night. You're like, oh my God, thank God I made it through another day. <laughs> right? Or it could be you are building a business or you are in, you're in school or you have a career or all of the above. And it's just like, oh my God, if we can just get to the end of this week, if I could just get to Friday, or if I can just get through these next eight weeks, or if I can just get through, and that's where you are. And as you get caught up in that, and now let's say you enter a busy season, whether it's the holiday season or whatever the busiest time of year is, things go faster and faster and faster and faster and faster. It's hard to step out of that. It's, it's like being the Tasmanian devil. You're not going to be able to make very effective moves unless you choose to step out of it. And this is going to seem very counterintuitive, but it is, it is rooted in physiology. And I'm telling you, this is something that I, when I work with people on the muscular development side, on the fitness side, it's something I need to remind my athletes of all the time, and it has to do with how many stressors are you exposed to amidst your stressful life. And by stressors, so we got to do a quick definition here. Stress in my academy is a noun, which means it's a person. <laughs> I crack up every time I say that. It's a person, place, or a thing, okay? Stress is not a feeling, in society, we have groomed this definition of stress. Oh my God, I feel so stressed. It's how you're feeling inside that, that anxiousness that you have, we've equated it with stress. But honest to God, what stress means from my academy is that there's something which causes your body to be in a more awake state. So anything that comes in through your senses, what you see, what you smell, taste, touch, feel, um, anything that causes you fear or sudden alarm, or even if you're going through a rough patch of time and you're worried, okay, so like mental, mental duress as well. All of those things cause the same physiologic, so changes inside of your body, the same physiologic changes, period. Meaning, it causes your body to have like this cascade of symptoms. So you start squeaking out like a bunch of, everybody knows what adrenaline is. So your adrenaline or your norepinephrine, you might know that. And then it causes your heart rate to go up. It causes the force of the contraction of your heart to be harder. 
It causes blood pressure to go up. It causes you to increase your respiratory rate. Those are some like the, the, the vital sign changes that we see and the physiologic changes that we see. The other thing that happens when you are under levels of stress, think about this, anytime you've been really freaked out, like majorly stressed out, how great was your landscape, your panoramic view? You didn't have, you're like, what? I didn't even see anything. No, you didn't see anything because your peripheral vision disappears when you're under stress. You get tunnel vision. All you see is like the two feet in front of you. Right When you're under great amounts of stress, how, how good of an active listener are you really? I know. Humbling, right? Totally suck at it. <laughs> you're not the only one. <laughs> so building on that, how great is your ability to clearly think and rationalize anything when you're under great amount of stress? It sucks, right? Your verbal skills, they totally suck. Your, your fine motor skills, they disappear too when you're under stress. So really when you're under stress, nothing works in your favor. And I say this because not always do people necessarily feel stressed simply because we live in a world that has multiple stressors in it. We live in a world where we can be in front of an, a, a, a screen, whether it's a phone, it's a tablet, it's a computer, TV, while the lawnmowers are outside, while the dogs are barking in the backyard, while the kids are running through the house, while the sirens are going on outside, right? You can have multiple things and all that information is coming in through your senses. And what you don't realize is that as you get used to being around a lot of noise pollution, your tolerance for it develops. So wherever, like if you live in the city, you don't realize how noisy it is until you go to the country and then all of a sudden it's so deafening quiet you can't even sleep because there's no noise there anymore. It's like coming down from a high, like you can't even function. It takes you four days to come down because you don't have that constant input so you don't have as much adrenaline pumping through you. I know it's so weird, but that's, it's, it sounds crazy, but that's physiology. But can you see how from the angle of a leader, you can have multiple breakdowns in communication when we just talk about this thing with stress too, right? But what I'm saying is that sometimes you don't even realize that you're in it. There's so much stuff which is going on and that's just environmental. We didn't talk about food items yet whether we're talking about caffeine, anything in the stimulant family, caffeine, whether we're talking about energy drinks, pre-workout complexes, any meds. So if we've got people who take meds for ADD, ADHD, anything in the amphetamine family, whether it's your prescription or illicit, any sort of upper, you got crack, you got cocaine, like we got, there's so much stuff out there, right? And people are on multiple. It's not just like they're on one. So they stack and they don't even re- may not even realize that they're stacking. And so the tolerance goes up, 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 up. Well, you have these little things inside of your body. They're called receptors. Receptors are things that we're going to talk a little bit about physiology and why it's essential for you as the leader to recognize what we call your cumulative stress level. 
and also to be able to recognize it in your people. Okay, and then what do we actually do about this? So in your body, let's talk physiology here and stress, on your cells, you have these little things that stick out. They're called receptors. So you can picture them like little, maybe like lacrosse baskets, if you would. I picture them like little flags. They just, in my mind, they look like flags. But whatever, the adrenaline comes along and actually, once it gets pumped out by your body from being exposed to some sort of a stress, the adrenaline clings onto these receptors. And that's what actually triggers what's known as the stress response. So that's your heart rate that increases the force of your heart rate, which or your heart muscle rather, which is contracting your blood pressure, loss of peripheral vision, etc, etc, etc. All that is rooted in physiology, like what happens between the chemical, the adrenaline, the norepinephrine and the receptors on the cell. Well, it, you know what? It actually more so it looks like a Ferris wheel. Okay, so let's say you have Ferris wheel. This is going to help you understand how the receptors and the adrenaline work. You have people who are in line to get on the Ferris wheel, and all of the seats on the Ferris wheel are filled with people. Okay, so the Ferris wheel is going round and round. Great, great, great. How do the people in the line get on the Ferris wheel then if all the seats are full? I know everybody's like, they don't. <laughs> It's like when people ask you how many sets do you have left at the gym and you're like, now that you ask me, I have 20. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I've said that before too. <laughs> but in all seriousness, how do they get on? In order for them to be able to get on, people have to actually get off. So you have an unloading of the people and then the new people can get on the Ferris wheel and then they have their turn. That's exactly how your cells work when it comes to these receptors with adrenaline. So what happens is we have to allow time for those receptors to actually clear from the adrenaline in order for more adrenaline to be able to, to be caught on there. So what I'm saying is you can kind of like max out on, on these chemicals, like it has no place to go, if that makes sense. But if you don't allow for time for receptor clearing, just from even a communication standpoint or the ability for you to have clear thought, what happens is you just stay in that heightened stress state. But chances are you're so used to being in it, you don't even realize that you're in it anymore. Does that make sense? Until we take you out of that situation. And this is really how we handle a lot of our... Um, our strategic leadership uh, and, and organizational leadership coaching is that we do one-on-ones more so than anything else via phone. And the requirements of this with all, at least my coaching clients, is the requirement is for them to be in a quiet space with no electronics, with no background noise, with no interference whatsoever so that they can be present, no music, no nothing. And give them that hour of time to come down. And depending on the individual, sometimes it takes multiple sessions, if you would, for them to be able to come down from that stress spot because they've had three shots of espresso before they show up to the coaching call. <laughs> There's a lot to handle on that front. But what I'm saying is you give them that hour time to come down. And usually then you can do multiple things. You can also take people through deep breathing exercises. Deep breathing actually counters the effects of all that adrenaline. 
there's kind of like two sides of your nervous system. One is the speed up side and the other one is the braking side. And when you take nice deep breaths, slow ones, slow, control, deep breaths, it actually causes you to come down. It, it breaks that the fast forward side of your nervous system. And it uses different chemicals. So your heart rate slows down. The contractile force of the heart comes down. You have restoration of peripheral vision, restoration of mental clarity, mental calm. But this is also a habit. So you have to develop the new habit of, of recognizing that you're in the survival mode. You have to actively step outside of it. And deploy the tactics and strategies to bring your body down so that you can reacclimate and put into place whatever plan you have for running your 24. But even recognition that you're in it is a new training. It's like training a new movement pattern in the gym. It's foreign and it feels weird and so hard at first. Because you're not used to doing that. You're used to like, I open up my eyes, I jump onto my electronics and away I go with my day and I have a cup of coffee and then I, you know, I'm, I'm here and now I'm in the car and I'm listening to radios and podcasts and that's how the day starts. I'm banging out, I'm yelling at people and you know, are cutting me off in traffic and like your stress load continues throughout the day. So when you're working with your people or for your own personal self, what I'm going to tell you is how you spend the first two hours of your day determines how the rest of your day is going to go. And it's usual that the higher up you go in leadership or the more responsibility that you have or the busier that you get, the more intentional you have to be about how you spend those first two hours of your day. And what I'm going to guide you through is some of the some of the things for you to have targets on to achieve. I, I don't want you to need, you know, feel the need to like, oh my God, how am I going to do that? My life is so screwed up right now. I'm going to put out some posts for you, some easy targets for you to hit that are going to help you markedly set the tone for the rest of your day and give you some time for those receptors to clear and stay cleared so that you're not jumping right back into the stress system and now all of a sudden this thing happened and then this thing happened and now this and I'm ah right doesn't that's not you have to you, you, I'm just gonna say this you got to get your shit together okay <laughs> okay sorry I had to say that one okay so this is what it looks like when you wake up in the morning it probably traces back to making sure that you go to sleep at nighttime and you're putting yourself to sleep electronics free but let's start you know you wake up in the morning it's important for you not to jump immediately onto your electronics what I'm going to give you best case is one of the best detoxifiers is going to be lemon water I know you're probably not expecting that but that's going to help you to detox internally some of the stuff that's going on. So you can wake up, have a glass of lemon water. Eh, I don't like that. Okay, I'm going to give you another situation. This is going to be something simple, maybe even before you get to the lemon water. So when you wake up in the morning, sit up on the side of the bed. And I want you to sit up with really great posture. And the first thing I want you to do, if you believe in God, first and foremost, say good morning to him and thank him for waking you up. Okay, we're going to start with gratitude. Okay, and then as you're sitting on the side of the bed, and I really want you to think about the fact 
how life is honestly a gift. And I know sometimes we don't feel that way, but I'm here as <laughs> we can give you stories upon stories about really how fragile life is and another moment is never granted. So let's start with gratitude. Thank you for waking me up. And as you sit on the side of the bed, you're going to sit up with nice, you know, tall posture, draw your abdominals in, shoulder blades down and back. I want you to take a nice few slow breaths in and out. Let your, let your body fill up with great oxygen. And you're going to know when to stop because you're going to feel when you hit that tipping point, when you're no longer breathing from a stress point, you're going to feel when you're breathing from a place of peace and relaxation. Okay. And then you stand up, go have a cup of coffee if you want to refrain from the electronics. In the morning, when you first wake up, it's one of the best times for you to review your goals and fill yourself with positive things. Your subconscious mind is highly active in the morning. And so when you start coaching with us via goals programs, whether it's organizational leadership, this is even in a lot of the transformative work that we do with life coaching and transformative transformational leadership coaching. We do it on the health and fitness side is we, we leverage the power of the subconscious mind to really start dialing in on what your goals are. So you create that nice open space for you to set yourself for the day. And that's how you place yourself into the position of peace and power rather than being sucked into the chaos of what everybody else is doing. And then you go about your day. Try it for a week. And see if it doesn't make a difference. That whole exercise is only going to take about five minutes. That's what we call creating margin. When you learn how to create five minutes of margin in the very beginning of your day, you're going to really start to like it. And what will happen, this works with how your nervous system is designed, you will automatically work to make that margin time a little bit longer. Five minutes will become 10 minutes. 10 minutes will become 15. You're going to find that you will naturally stop pressing snooze because you're going to crave that morning time. I guarantee you it happens with everybody. And it has to do with a lot of times of getting rid of the, the stimulus, if you would. The electronics, number one making sure that you you curate your environment. You know, you're ready, you know, pack your lunch the night before, pack your gym bag the night before, be ready to just wake up and move through your morning in a state of peace rather than chaos and trying to find where your keys are and blah, 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 blah. I guarantee you it's going to make worlds of difference in your life, health and fitness wise, how you command yourself throughout the day. And you're going to be able to take yourself and march through triumphantly rather than operate from the, oh my God, if I can only just get to the end of this day, I swear to God. Okay. So I hope that this, this podcast was valuable to you. I know it was probably painful in the morning. So thank you, or in the beginning rather. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for working with us through that training program. Again, this is the Transformation Gold Podcast. This is Nicole DeVincentis. Uh, oh my God, 
How long have I had my last name? DeVincentis. If there's anything that we can do to assist you or your family or your organization, please hit us up. You can contest direct, contact us directly on the website. It's time to eat. Transformationgoal.org. Have a good day, everybody. Time for some chicken and broccoli for me. Peace out. Bye-bye.